All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Daily Faceoff Podcast comes courtesy of the Nation Network. Here's your host, Brock Segan, with Dylan D. Berthium and Michael Beebs Bondi. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 6, Episode 5 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast, presented to you by our friends at Oddshark and now OwnersBox.com as well. Uh, on today's show, I'm happy to welcome Sandy Plashkis from OwnersBox to kind of promote his product and talk to you uh, about what to expect with OwnersBox and Daily Faceoff in the upcoming NHL season. So how's it going, Sandy? It's going well. It's going well. Thanks for having me, Brock. Excited to be here and obviously super pumped for our partnership this year for the NHL season. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you guys haven't seen it, uh, we've released a couple of uh, social media posts about our partnership with Owners Box, but they are also coming on the podcast weekly as well to talk about their product. And honestly, I'm excited about the partnership because I am a fantasy junkie. I'm a fantasy hockey junkie and I can't get enough. So uh, when it comes to fantasy hockey on a season long platform, it's like you have your draft at the start of the season and that's the most exciting part. You get together, you drink some beers. And then it's over. You don't get to do it again. But with Owner's Box, we get to draft every week if we want to, every day if we want to. So tell us a little bit about uh, your guys' platform as a weekly fantasy sports. For sure. Yeah. Thanks for that little intro. You covered that perfectly. So what we are is we're a weekly fantasy sports platform. We're actually the first to ever do something like this. Um, you have your daily, you know, offerings such as DraftKings FanDuel, very popular, you know, over the last decade or so have grown crazy over, you know, with users, with, you know, deposits, all this kind of cool stuff. People are really flying over to the daily side. And then you have your more traditional season long side, your Yahoo leagues, your ESPN leagues, where you draft at the beginning of the year, like you mentioned with your buddies, and then you play for the whole season. So what owner's box is, is it really goes to combine the best elements of season long, which is the drafting element, you know, the strategy element of those of that offering combined with the short-term gratification and the payouts of the daily side. So 
what it is, is we basically, you compete over seven days um, of competition. You do your draft. So Brock and I would do a draft and we'd have our team for seven days. And then at the end of the seven days, the winner would get paid out. So basically you're able to draft a team on our platform any single day of the week, which is one of the coolest parts. Cause when I'm getting on a fantasy app, I love the draft. I've always loved talking shit, you know, to, a, to my friends, to, you know, the public people I'm playing with. And that's really the, what made fantasy so popular over the years. And I think that's one element of our platform. That's really intriguing along with the strategy that goes into, you know, benching players and adding new players throughout the course of a week. And especially in the NHL, NHL's place where you, you know, have 10 roster positions on our platform, but they're, you know, different game schedules, fluctuations there. You're always actively managing your roster. So I think those two elements of our offering are really intriguing. And the fact that you're not tied down for a whole season, like you could get into 10 contests one week and just take a week off and play the next week after that. And I think that's a really cool aspect of fantasy that other competitors aren't doing right now is we really let you play when you want to play and we let you play as much as you want to play when you want to play. So I think that's the coolest aspect of, of what we do is you can basically play any single day of the week. Well, and in season long too, you could draft a guy like Austin Matthews in the, you know, fifth overall or something and he gets hurt. And then you're kind of, you're kind of screwed where at least now fantasy on a weekly basis, you can, you know, pick and choose the guys who play a lot and who aren't injured and kind of, if your season long league is struggling, that team's not doing very well. You have no chance of winning money. You can shift over to owner's box, hopefully win some money over there. You guys offer, um, like a wide array of contests from one week to two weeks to three weeks. Explain a little bit how the longer formats work. Exactly. So that's, that's a great point. So we offer four different contest sizes. We offer a two user contest, which is head to head. You compete over seven days and you get paid out the end and it's over. There's a four team contest where there's four users in it head-to-head bracket-style elimination format, kind of like March Madness, if you want to compare it to something, where you know Brock and I would compete over week one. If I beat Brock, I'd get paid, and I'd advance the next week to the finals. And then we have our eight-team contest, which is three weeks long, same format. You win your first week, you get paid, you advance. Win your second week, you get paid, you advance to the finals. And then there's our 16-user contest, which is four weeks in duration. So it's basically high level. It's all head-to-head bracket-style elimination format. Um, you know, We've seen a lot of season long players who love the longer formats. A lot of the daily players love the short term. So I think that's one thing we do well is offer, you know, both sides of the spectrum. If you want to get in a contest, get that money quickly, just play for one week. You can do that, but you can also get like a taste of season long almost without the full season in a four week contest. And you actually brought up a great point, Brock, about the injuries. And one injury thing for, for our NFL fans out there is the Andrew Luck retirement. I had him in my season long league before and I drafted him before he retired. And then my whole league was screwed because of that. So I always think of that example in our format where that would just never happen because you're always redrafting teams. Right? So Good. One of the downsides of season long is the injury thing. The Austin Matthews example you gave is perfect. And I think that um, issue, we, we kind of mitigate the risk of that issue in our format and allow users to just redraft the new team if it goes wrong for them. Or they can make swaps um, pretty easily in that same contest if they see a big injury. Yeah, it's super cool. Like I honestly, I'm excited about this uh, partnership because it's going to be so fun for us this year to go head to head with our listeners every single week and and build out some of these bigger contests and go head to head with the guys that listen to this uh to this podcast and it's going to be so much fun because the draft is uh, at the end of the day, the most fun Um, in terms of draft. Now, is it super time consuming or how does like the, the the clock work in terms of uh, completing a draft, say with four teams? Perfect. Yeah. That's like, that's another thing we really wanted to tackle is the one downside of the live draft is that it takes some time. So what we've actually done is cut down draft time. So in a head to head twos or contest, Drafts take under five minutes to complete, which is awesome because like we don't want our users 
getting in multiple contests and taking up a whole day to do it, right? We want them to get in, get their fix and have their team, right? So in a two team takes roughly five minutes. I would say a four team since you asked would be, you know, around eight to 10 minutes at the most. So you're not really tied down for your whole day. You know, you can get in on a public league and you can draft pretty much anytime. You can schedule drafts with your buddies in a private manner as well. Um, and also join sponsored contests eventually, which we'll be spinning up too. So there's a lot of cool ways you can get involved. Um, but yeah, there's, there's always opportunity, you know, whether you have time now or you want to schedule it for later, you can, you can do both of those options. So Sandy, for our listeners at home, if they want to get involved in owner's box and, and start playing maybe in the NBA uh, contest or NFL contest that are going on this week to try to learn the platform uh, before the NHL season starts, how would they go to owner's box? How would they start an account and get things rolling? Yeah. So all you need to do is head over to ownersbox.com, sign up, uh, make your account. And then we actually are doing some, some holiday bonuses for you guys. So we're going to give away, um, you get $5 free, five real dollars to enter your first contest by verifying your account, which takes under a minute. And then from there, um, once you play the platform, you love it. We're going to match your first deposit up to $500 for the holiday season. So that's definitely, you know, a really great offer right now. So if you're trying to get involved before the NHL season, you know, do a little strategy, test out the platform, see the draft, how it works. I would definitely get involved now to, you know, get those bonuses in for sure. Well, Sandy, I think we've pretty much covered everything owner's box has to offer, unless you have a, a couple things to add. No, I, that's, that's it. That's a high level introduction for owner's box. We're really pumped up about the partnership, obviously. And then NHL, our format's super engaging. And I, I'm sure a lot of you fantasy heads out there for NHL will love what we're offering. So definitely looking to seeing, looking forward to seeing you, some of you guys over there soon, but until then getting some of those NBA contests, some of those NFL contests and try out the platform, let us know how it goes. Awesome. Sandy, it was uh, great talking to you. We look forward to having you on the show as the weeks progress. A couple more weeks left until the NHL season actually starts. I just want to wish you, you and our listeners a Merry Christmas. And for the listeners, stay tuned. After the break, we will start diving into the right wing position and break it down from every single aspect. So again, thank you very much, Sandy, and you have a wonderful day. Thanks, Brock. We'll talk soon. Have a good one. Baby, be my fire. gentlemen to season six episode five of the daily face-off podcast presented to you by our friends at odd shark i'm your host brock segan with me as always we got michael beebs bondy and dylan d berthenum how's it going gentlemen you know it's a new day it's a new dawn um i'm here just with a new attitude today didn't listen to any nine inch nails no, <laughs> a great wrong. day every day is exactly the same yeah i got up today and listened to some nine inch nails <laughs> d's had you know that's a song by them right <laughs> oh yeah yeah okay. yeah you're nailing it yeah okay. uh, for really quick hit but my tattoo artist only listens to nine inch nails so and i got half my body filled so i've listened to a lot of nine inch nails i'm pretty Jesus. sure your tattoo artist is trent Reznor. yeah it might be but uh also trent any other music just hurts me so here we are 
All right, so on last Friday's episode, we broke down the left wing position. Today, we were going to break down the right wing position. Um, again, we will go through our top tens, uh, our respective yeah. top tens at the position, and go through sleepers, breakouts, busts, and talk about a couple of rookies uh, that might have fantasy relevant seasons in 2021. So, without further ado, let's get right into it and talk about our top 10 right wingers. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that we all have Nikita Kucherov at number one. You're crazy, man. You're crazy. Raise your hand if you don't. Okay. So we all have Nikita Kucherov at number one. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Kucherov is probably, I would say, one the best of... best player four, in the world? I was going to say, yeah, one of four players that probably have... The best? Uh, that could probably make a case Connor? at being picked number one overall. Yeah. You've got McKinnon, you've got McDavid, you've got Kucherov, and I think you could probably lump Leon into that discussion as well. So Kucherov it, is one of four if players that could go first. If you push the McDavid question, you deserve to be at the top of this. And he has. Last yeah. year we saw it. A lot of people were taking him over McDavid. So, yeah. Kucherov is just been remarkably consistent year in and year out. That offense has been outstanding. Uh, last year, he did all of it without Stamkos for, for much of the season. And, uh, you know, a really elevated guy, a guy like Andre Pallad, he had a really, really good year, really strong playoff as well. He uh, seems to have transcended Braden Point into a much better player as well. So He uh, would have had his third straight year with 100 points if... Uh season if got played out so covid ruins everything including nikita kucherov it just, speaks for itself right? just going Guys just a, off topic here for just one moment COVID isn't it kucherov. isn't it wild that like we like for a couple seasons after the lockout year we talked about like how frustrated we were with like because like you talk about numbers and like that lockout year just skewed everything and then now you have like a shortened season followed by another shortened season. Like talking about numbers for the next couple of years it's is going to be suck. so frustrating. Yeah. yeah. You should just assume we're always talking about pace. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just pace. Yeah. yeah. Now that you say that, I hate it always going back and being like, well, he was having a point per game year, but it was in 48 games. Yeah. In the 48 game season really threw everything off. And then we like, we finally got far, far, far enough away from that 48 game sure. season where you could talk about in the last five years, he, whatever. There's and then no now way. it's just, we're fucked. In like two years, I'm just going to assume everyone was in injured in 1920 because we'll be like yeah he missed, he missed 10 games with injury that's the worst thing about it is it's so hard to know like because yeah. obviously not everyone had played the exact same amount of games at that point so i think the most was 71 because if yeah. you see someone on hockey reference they have the 71 71 in bold. In bold, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, i think oh, it was i, I think it was 68 to 71 being was the league whole, leader was in the game played impressive uh, you <laughs> there can't was a lot do that often unless you just always play 83 yeah but uh all right well that yeah that happens so we all have nikita kucherov i don't think we need to talk too much about him um if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know anything about nikita kucherov sorry uh number two (laughs) podcast we're not the one for you (laughs) number two come back later i have patrick kane anybody else or just you don't have kane no this feels like a miko randon spot for beeps Oh yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It does. <laughs> it absolutely does. Do you have Patrick Kane at three? Yeah, <laughs> I do. Yeah, I do. Do you yeah. have Brandon at three, Brock? Yes, I have. Yeah, Randon. me too. Okay, okay. so yeah. and so our consensus top three boy. is Kucherov, Patrick Kane, Miko Rantanen. Um, does any you know Beebs? Do you want to make a case for Rantanen over Kane? Uh, just for me, all I all I have is better team, full year of health. 
Um, he's beaten Kane in points before, I believe. Um, if he can stay healthy with that top PP, so if, big if, if he can stay healthy with that top PP and that youth continues to grow, give me Randon all day over 88. I absolutely hate what's going to happen in Chicago these upcoming years, and I think this year's going to start with it. I think they're on a downturn. There are going to be contracts that need to be moved out. There are going to be some some awkward things that happen. They don't even have a fucking goalie. Um, not that that, yeah. <laughs> that that affects Kane whatsoever. <laughs> but if anything, it helps. Cause yeah, <laughs> yeah, because there's going to be a shootout. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, just give me Miko um, on a team that's probably how do I put it, 88 times better than Kane's team. Um, and that's not even me being biased. Yeah, I, for me, I have Kane ahead of him <laughs> no, because like. I mean, we no, saw this kid beat Edmonton last year. Like, you could definitely make the case can, for Kane. They, I just have to go the random. No, that's right. That's I think it's easier yeah. to make the case for Kane. We've million seen percent. him reach that top top echelon of fantasy million percent. production. It's, We've seen him top 100 points. And he's Haven't so seen steady. that from Randon. Yeah, yeah randon has been very steady as well. Uh, but Kane's more like comfortably, you know, 1.2 points per game. Where Randon the last few years, maybe more comfortably just around a point per game. So it's, again, we're and talking K- peanuts and, here. Randon has had. Tr- uh, difficulty staying healthy where Kane doesn't miss time at all yeah it's and just it, a matter of we've seen it from Kane before and we haven't seen that same well, level from Randon and it's certainly yeah in 2018 it. we saw Kane dip to 76 points in 82 games he was a minus 20 that was right when the Blackhawks started their kind of downturn and we we're like okay maybe we've seen the end yeah. of elite Patrick Kane also and then all he's done in the last two seasons is put up 194 points in 151 games yeah like he's been just unbelievable even though they've been total dog shit and I think that they might reach new depths of dog shit this year oh yeah Sh- Sean Tierney the uh at charting, so of dog shits. <laughs> at charting hockey uh, on Twitter he just you know he built uh his projected lineups for the season and ran a simulation for uh, this upcoming season based on the current projected divisions. And he had the Blackhawks finishing below and by a, a decent margin below the Detroit Red Wings. So I think that's saying uh, a lot. That's saying a lot about yeah. just how bad uh, this team is going to be as yeah. a whole. But I do still think that they are going to score their fair share of goals. Someone has to score. We talk about it always. We talked about it on Friday We're about still how Kirby Doc three. seems like a man. Uh, all of a sudden, Jonathan Taves still not a bad hockey player. Patrick Kane still tremendous. Dominic Kubalik, uh, obviously outstanding year last year. I think they're still going to score their fair share goals, well, but they're going to lose not gonna six have, five a lot. That's what I'm saying. They're not going to have a choice, like you like you said earlier, right? Yeah, it's going to be banged another out. system that just turns out brings in a lot of shots and sends out a lot of shots at the same time. Their power play over the last couple seasons a little bit up and down last year, but towards the end it started to look better, right? But when Col- Colton Colton. Colton. Uh, when Colton first came in, what was it? December 2018. Yeah, best power play in the they league like by 22%. a wide margin yeah. from the time he came in. They were, were rocking it almost like a... I, I believe it was almost like thirty-five percentage from the point he came in. They were crazy. I think it was like like they were they were consistently above twenty-five percent for like a yeah. few months. Yeah, it was insane. So power yeah. play guru. Exactly. So there, there was uh, honestly something to be said for that. And so it was really disappointing to see the start that they got off to on the man advantage last year. And like I said, they started to turn it around. Um, so hopefully that leads in and bleeds into this season because yeah, there's clearly some uh, really effective systems at work there and a lot of talent to make it work. Um, I think the Brinkat taking a step back, Dylan Strom was huge that first year. Mm-hmm. And again, maybe playing out of his head a little bit when he first arrived in Chicago. I mean, we all kind of saw that. Yeah. Um, out of Twiggy legs. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think there, 
I still like, you know, I bet I'd make a bet on that power play to finish in the top 10 this season. And yeah, I think it's going to be a really up and down system at even strength. So I still trust Patrick Kane to come comfortably operate above a point per game pace. Whereas Renton, I think is going to be closer to that. I personally, and I don't want to step on any toes, Renton scores more goals, but I think there's more of an argument between Renton and Marner than there is Renton and Kane. But I don't know if you guys both have Marner at four, but. Just from a I pure have, point I have, production, I got pasta, but that's based off of health. I got Marner yeah. at five. Yeah, so. I have pasta at ten. Based yeah. We'll, we'll get in a we'll get in a but pasta later gonna because pasta is going to drop down. I have I have uh, Ranton in Stamkos, Marner, and they're all to me in the same. And Stamkos this, again, in, in we don't we don't quite have a clean bill of health yeah. yet. So that's yeah, why he's expected to be ready for camp. So I'm I'm just going off of that. He was also expected that, to be ready for the playoffs. So. Yeah, yes. and he hey, he got his one shift, his one goal, which was um, so sick. I played him on DraftKings. I was so excited, then he left the game. I was like, God damn it. Got your value. <laughs> Speaking of playoffs, though, one thing about Rand in last year, he did finally get healthy, and he came back to the playoffs to the tune of seven goals, 14 assists for 21 points. He got in healthy by games. missing 30 games. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But he did get healthy. That's just scary of what can happen with a clean bill of health. But again, we haven't seen the health in two of three seasons for the Avs. Um, that's alarming. Um, 212 points in 197 games the last three seasons. I think there's a lot to be said about just how good Mikkel Rantanen is. Um, I think Marner tops that, though, no? Marner yeah, would but be, the assists are... Yeah, Marner's just a little bit less of a goal scorer, but Marner is right there. Uh, in the last three he seasons, top? he has... Yeah, and I've you know, i been consistent... 230 points, yeah. but over 223 I consistently games. favor okay, so. goals more than points and assists. So, so the points I, per game is less, way, but, but the... Yeah, that's why I went Randon over Marner, but I just think it's close. I thought anyway it was closer between them at three. I and agree. Four I agree for sure. Two and I, I I'm right there. Or I, whoever I, you have it for. But again, I would probably again I, drop Marner and or Randon down a couple spots. Obviously, if Pasternak. Yeah, I was say healthy Pasternak. I think I think pa- yeah, I think Pasternak. Absolutely. If Pasternak was coming into this season completely healthy, He's maybe my one. top my top three would change. be Kucherov, Pasternak, Kane. Yeah. Like I think Pasternak's ahead of Kane. Exactly. But yeah, without oh, without time. being healthy, and then Stamkos and Rantanen probably have a bit of a fight. Even if this was healthy. even if this was a full season, like if then, we were like going said, if we were going to a season too. where they were gonna play eighty two games right and Pasternak was gonna miss a month, like he would be still easily in my top three. But because it's like he's gonna miss a month in a game where, or in a season where that's fifty six games. He's gonna miss 12, 13 games out of fifty. Like he's missing a quarter of the season. And that's the same. Like you're almost in the fucking fantasy playoffs. And that's the same thing <laughs> yeah, with Stamkos, right? Like if he's at all behind schedule, if he's two, three, four weeks behind schedule, and again, this is hoping he's ready to get back that's- on the ice for training camp. Mm-hmm. Which would basically mean hopefully he's ready to start by the time the season starts. It's going to be an abbreviated camp, obviously. Um, That's anyone so, yeah. though, because like you said, you know, yeah. you miss a little bit of time. The fantasy playoffs they got to be at least three weeks long. Yeah, that's three less weeks of actual hockey in that fifty-six games. I'm season. just a little bit more. Down, you know, I'm a little bit more concerned about Stamkos just because I feel like they've never been 100 percent upfront done it with before. us yeah. about his injuries. Do you so. think that they would be? A little bit more up front heading into a regular season than they would be. Kind I'd of hope, like a playoff, but just like the Stanley Cup run, I'd hope. But the blatant, like yeah. obvious uh, nature of how they were going about, and they were clearly like lying about his status. And they would be not. like, he's close, and then they'd have video of him on the ice, just gingerly skating around with <laughs> the no contact. This boy, on, this yeah. boy don't look healthy. And then even when he came back, it was the same thing, right? So I think there's just such a clear and obvious attempt to deceive about the health of uh, yeah. Stamkos in both regards. So, yeah, I can't trust him either way about it. But, yeah, I think it's less likely at the start of the year for sure. Uh, do, okay, let's take Pasternak out of the equation. When you're looking at Kucherov, Kane, Rantanen, we'll lump Stamkos and Marner 
Is there an argument for anybody outside the top five disregarding Pasternak's health to make an to make an argument to jump into that top five? Maybe Line, but Patrick that's about Line. It. Yeah, yeah, that's about it. Maybe Patrick Line, the yeah. only one that could really just jump because up. of the shot production, the goal production. I mean, and the added assist volume. Would you and guys, the fact that it just seems like, like around him. And it just seems like we haven't seen the best of him for the last oh, yeah. two or three years. I, think, even I, I don't think the there's one back. person in the world who believes that they've seen the best of Patrick Lyon. Like, we're all waiting to kind of see it, I think, yeah. which is a good feeling-ish. Unless we get let down. Again, you've got 138 all, goals yeah. in 300 games, it's like, and we haven't seen your best. It's but it's true, though, right? Like, when you watch him play, 100%. it's just like, man, if this guy was just on it all the time, like, I don't know. Does he have it in him, though? Does he have that OV instinct to just carve out 50, 60 goals a season? I hope. I don't know. I don't know if he does. I mean, we talk. I mean, OV doesn't. Do you remember the days when we used to talk about him? Oh, he could. Well, I used to say he could possibly keep that 18% shooting. Right. right. Um, Exactly. 15 for his career right now. 12 the last two years. Um, The shot volume's gone up. Shot volume is very good. Yeah, like even last year, 226 shots in just 68 games, which would have obliterated his previous career high of 245 in a full season. Love so. to see it. Yeah, it's just a guy that you feel like there's just that uncuffed potential. So do you guys all have – you guys have into. line A at six? I yes, do. Yeah. after okay. so, uh, the Mitch list of Marnier. So Marner at five. Uh, do you guys want to touch on Marner at all? I think this is – like no. I, I feel like I think this you top, guys hit on it pretty good. This, I mean, yeah. I just – he's another one where I feel like that 94-point season, I don't think it's going to end up being the highest of his career when oh, it's all no, said and done. I think, so, I think he's going to get a fuller run with Matthews this he's gonna year. He's going to have a buck 20 year. There could be a year um, where saying, he, yeah, he yeah. leads the NHL in points. There really yeah. could be. I and just because the assists guy. are through the roof, right? Yeah. And hopefully that power play is a little, I mean, hopefully as a Leaf fan, but hopefully the power play is a little more sorted out and a little more consistent this year. Um, and yeah, that'll obviously do wonders for him. But again, that, uncap, again, it's the thought that we haven't seen the best for him, but also we haven't seen him play a full season alongside Austin Matthews. Um, and he almost proved last year he can put up an assist per game. So if you're playing an 82-game season, put up 82 assists. Yeah. You don't need that many to get there. Like, I mean, you still need 30 goals to get over 100, but yeah. it, it, it's not... To get over 100. For, for someone with that talent, it's not that, it's not that hard. Exactly. Um, and you're just I have praying at the guy to shoot down, which is yeah. an absolute, so it's, And that's the thing, that. right? It all comes down to the scoring format and everything else. Um, but and yeah. His, his dad's got to... I just think, yeah, the lack, the lack of goals, it's just hard to put him above anyone else. Uh, it's hard to put him above five right now. Yeah. Or four, depending on what you feel about Stamkos. But ask the fans, they should trade Marner now. Mm before <laughs> cap issues <laughs> so you guys have anything else to add on online on top of line no i think we're rolling hot in a seven so we've all got the same top six essentially uh, i know you got past back a little bit and yeah yeah uh so just the way the way it starts right now just based on yahoo adp you can start your team with ovechkin in the first round and Mitch Marner in the second round. That's goal That's guard nice. and assist guard. That's very nice, yeah. So it sounds like number six is the spot to be right now in fantasy hockey drafts. Um, all right, so we all have Patrick Line at number six. I have Mark Stone at number seven, Blake Wheeler at number eight. Uh, sorry, David Pasternak at number eight, Blake Wheeler at number nine, and Matthew Kachuk at number ten. Where are you guys at? I have the same top I, ten, just a little bit oh, different order. Mine's a lot different. Yeah, I have uh, I have Stone seven, Kachuk eight, Wheeler nine, Pasternak ten. Just shortened season. Don't know when he's gonna be back. Brock, I'm gonna blow your mind here. Um, I got Anthony Mantha. <laughs> no, I got <laughs> one day. Actually, that was such a good guess because number ten, Anthony Mantha. I'm oh not, yeah, I'm not kidding you. Number ten, Anthony Mantha. You can come over here and look at it. Let's but, go. Um, 
I have a number 10 hybrid, though, with Anthony Mantha and William Nylander. Not even just to kiss both your asses. It's just you feels can, like an ass kissing. You could easily make a case for both. Um, I feel like Nylander's head and shoulders above Mantha, but... I don't know. You ever look at shot volume? <laughs> but that's your favorite thing. Um, so, yeah. Blake Wheeler, number seven. Um, because, as we all know, I had pasta a little bit earlier. But, again, injury dependence. So, just move all these guys ahead one if pasta's out even longer time. Number eight, Mark Stone. Number nine... Wait, what did I do here? Oh, okay, yeah. No, number nine, William Nylander. Number ten, Anthony Mantha. There you go. Head and shoulders. I thought right. he... I, thought I totally he messed up my count here. I just... We figured it out as we went down. Um, realistically, um, so what I had for William Nylander, I, I just put... This guy's kind of been shit on for years just by the fan base in Toronto, and he's actually put up pretty decent production for what... The way he's treated. He's treated like an absolute criminal out there Well, sometimes. it was... It was, it was just it all as, to do with the contract, yeah. yeah. It was a but at the out. same, yeah, at the same time though, you can still talk to a lot of fans who are saying, "Oh, this guy's being overpaid." If you're getting thirty-one and thirty in a sixty-eight game season, yeah, you're not being overpaid. That's the annoying part. Well worth holding out for the least perspective. Absolutely. Not worth it from beautiful New contract for that. Yeah, a um, little more uptick in shots. I mean, last year he was just below two hundred, but again, sixty-eight games. So you give him. 82 games. I got him around 250 on a full full season. I think, uh, and that's kind of he, he's. They kind of keep him out of the power play too. So that's it's an impressive stats to to have for a guy who's not on PP one. Yeah, all hopefully the time. he gets a further. I mean, exactly. And but that's what I mean. That's where his ceiling just becomes huge for me. This is another guy where I put him right there with Line A, where I don't think we've seen his best yet. I think yeah. that there's a lot better here. And maybe, I don't, I don't know, maybe it doesn't come with Toronto, maybe whatever. Well, I, I mean, do if, think this is going to be a big year. Yeah, and I think if me, you, any. Joe Blow is drawing up the top power play unit for the Maple Leafs. The four forwards you're going to have on it is Matthews, Marner, Tavares, and Nylander. Yeah, right? and um, Nylander's really proven that shot yeah, is super and, effective. In terms of player selection and you know uh, lineups and things like that, Sheldon Keefe seems to be a lot more straightforward and logical in that regard than uh, maybe a guy like Babs was. So, yeah, I definitely expect Nylander to get a full run on the oh, top unit. Definitely a lot better than we've ever kind of seen. Um, so that's where I got him there, 9 and then at 10. Brock, I had to put Manton. I honestly did not want to. I, I really, really did not want I to. I can't believe you have that high. And I absolutely it's love um, it. it was hard. It's hard to deny what was. A, I'm going to call it an incredible year among just the absolute biggest shit show I've ever seen in a season. And I've watched Colorado put up 48 points about five years ago. Um, Manta last year had 16 goals, 22 assists for 38 points in 43 games. Um, again, on a team that just did, couldn't even do Dodge. a thing. 137 shots. That would have put him on pace for. Nearly 250. over 260 shots, yeah, in which would have been season. a little bit more than weird. How I know that because I have him as my breakout. Do you? Okay, I won't go too deep into him here. I do think this is someone who's being slept on. I do think this is someone who's going to break out, and uh, he falls in at number ten for me. Another thing we talked about it. Someone has to score, and we've seen this line absolutely dominate good teams with him, Dylan Larkin, and whoever you want. Yeah, that top there. line is Bertuzzi, Robbie Fabry, Bertuzzi is usually there. Yeah, whoever it is. If you put those three together, you know, it can't get worse. They and have to put those If you together. can't get worse, then nearly a point per game with Manta. I just really like what's going to happen there. And if we're talking a full game, a full season, um, this is this is one of the – this is a guy who's dominated every level he's been at. He, he scored more than a goal per game in junior. Um, he's now added assists to his arsenal. I just – I really like what's going on with this guy. I would just really love to see some talent around him and some help. Um, and I think this year it's getting better. It's not It's not good. But it's getting better in Detroit. Um, yeah, they're going to be better than Chicago, apparently. So yeah, that's good. So, uh, and me, who knows? Maybe, 
Maybe Mantha's that point. If he is that point per game guy, I think to have him as the tenth best right winger at point at a point per game. Fuck, I will take that and I would and, love it. and run. Um, so I really like. I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about him as my breakout when we return <laughs> from the break. But when we get back, we will talk about sleepers, breakouts, busts, and some rookies. Enjoy the Blue Stones while we're away. But before we throw it to the Blue Stones, we just had a a breaking news report. I guess you could call it. Chris Johnson from Sportsnet wrote um, that the NHL could play all of their games in the United States this season if the all-Canadian division can't work. Oh. Apparently, the NHL having a difficult like time a getting approval from the Canadian governing bodies to allow um, the in-country travel. To Domestic allow, travel. Yeah, to allow... Uh, to allow well, they, I guess, yeah, they got to go through... Through all the uh, different different pro- provincial governments to to allow this, right. and they're having a tough time. But as of Wednesday, it is the most likely scenario as long if they can't get those, which would be. I mean, you've already got the what the Raptors are playing in in Tampa Bay. My yeah yeah right? yeah, yeah. Raptors yeah. are playing in Tampa Bay. Damn, we'll that's tough the, though. You're uprooting seven teams, yeah. not just one. Yeah, and, that's what I mean. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. You'd think that they'd be able to get that done, but I mean, again, we're a fantasy hockey podcast, not a political podcast so we'll just we'll just we'll do whatever they tell us they're gonna do yeah. or whatever they <laughs> want to do we'll be ready for it but uh, enjoy the blue stones when we get back we'll talk about sleepers breakouts bust and rookie see you back here in 60 seconds right wing's good wing it's not over now don't lay your flag and turn away it's not over So blow a kiss and wrap me up in darkness Make it quick before the feeling sticks and holds I can't see no other way to come So pick up your bags and we Episode 5 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast presented to you by our friends at Odd Shark. Um, I might as well start with my breakout since D or sorry, Beebs kind of just left off on that point. My breakout for this season, Anthony Mantha. Didn't quite crack my top 10 like Beebs is, but uh, he is still my breakout candidate for the this season. Um, this is the season, in my opinion, that Mantha finally busts out in a big way. Injuries have slowed him Busted. down each of the last two seasons. Uh, but in 
2020, he was on pace, like I mentioned earlier, for over 260 shots over an 82-game season. That kind of volume with his shot has 30 to 35 goal score written all over it. Um, you know, Beebs kind of shit on him earlier, and uh, he put it lightly. The Red Wings were absolutely fucking brutal. I thought you were going to say <laughs> shit on Manta. I was in like, 2020. Whoa, I was lifting Manta uh, up. But even in that just, like, literally disgusting season, he still mustered over half an assist per game. Um, so I think that this kid's got real And he's 30... not an assist guy. No, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I he's got that. real 30-30 upside pace. Upside, I think he could be... Um, I think, honestly, that this is a potential 40-goal scorer at some point in his career. I don't think it's going to be a consistent Alexander Ovechkin There's a reason that a year, but. he has the all-time point or goal per game in junior record. Is yeah. like You just don't do that. You don't see that. You have to have some type of elite scoring a lot of, to for, do that for, at for any a lot level. of his young career. And be twice the size of everyone and be twice else. The size. But you <laughs> yeah. have to have a skill level. Yeah. That's, he was that's like Kirby Doc in the World Juniors. Uh, yeah, and I think the most impressive thing about Mantha last year is that Larkin really took a step back or a year off, right? Like mm-hmm. Larka had a, or Larkin had a down year. So. Didn't, do, didn't do as well as he did the year previous. Exactly. Sure. He had 50, uh, what was it? I, got I think it he went from 70 to 53 50 points, points yeah. in 71 games. The year before, he had 73 and 76. Yeah. The year before that, 63 and 82. So, like I said, pretty uh, sizable step back for Larkin last year. And not so numbers. much a step back, but uh, down year. Shot volume hurt, but I think so did losing Mantha. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping that hopefully if they're both healthy for a full season, it'd be great to see because um, they seem pretty set and intent on playing them together and keeping them together. It's a nice yeah, like that trio it's a really seems nice to be line. like Jeff Blaschel's like bread and butter. I got any chance of surviving? I, in and Detroit. I think he realizes. How that, is he too. still surviving? I That's I the best way of playing with anyone. Adam though, is icing on. that line for 22 minutes a night and then just hoping that you know you get the PDO. Finally got a little bit better of a surrounding cast minutes. this year, but I mean that's you still saying, that's, that's saying a lot about Bobby Ryan and Vladi Domestikov. And the real issue is down the middle of the ice, right? Like there's there's no reliable center. Vladislav Domestikov is probably their number two center. Yeah, enjoy awful. the Avalanche's 13th best forward from last year as your number two center. I don't. I honestly can't even it's say that's that awful because I don't think I've seen <laughs> Domestikov play down the middle enough to assert that that will for sure be awful. But I have a pretty strong feeling. That <laughs> that it won't I mean, he was he came, into the, he came into the league as a center, but it's not going to be. Yeah, good. and then he was moved to the wing. London. Well, I mean, he did play with Stamkos and Kucherov. Maybe he learned a couple things on the wing. Yeah. I, well, yeah, of course. <laughs> well, he's definitely not a better center than Steven Stamkos, who's Stamkos now also on the center. wing. Who's also now <laughs> on the wing. So that means Domestikov so lost like a to a line now winger. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Bobby <laughs> Ryan. Yeah, there you go. But uh, B or sorry, I can't remember your guys' names yeah. right now. Just Dylan, one of the kids across your... the room. It's tough, man. We've only yeah. known each other for like twelve years. So well, it but... is D and B. Like, could it be any more similar? <laughs> it's very difficult. Dylan, uh, mine's who Biebs, is your breakout? Uh, I got. I didn't think there's really a whole lot of obvious targets. I mean, Mantha's a good one. Um, one of the ones I think that we just need to talk about is Jesse Pugliarvi. So that's mm-hmm. why I have him down here. Obviously, there seems to be a lot of hype around his return back to Edmonton after playing in the Finnish Elite League. Over which, seven shots a game. Which right? is probably what? The fifth? Crazy. The fifth best league in the Fourth. world? Fourth. You think it's above the AHL? Uh, no. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. <sighs> the is a grinders league. Yeah, but. Like, it's still, like, it's the fourth most talented league in the world. I think the Finish? AHL. I think the AHL would be fifth. I think you'd go NHL, KHL, yeah, NHL. Yeah, I just. I think for a guy... They'd be close, for sure. I don't know. It's tough because you don't see a lot of guys coming over from the Finnish league, especially at this age. 
Um, a lot of times they'll jump to either the Swedish or the KHL beforehand if they're going to make that sort of or take that sort of route. Really, on the um, uh, your boy, uh, what his name is yeah. now on the Islanders. Uh, I think Kalmaroff. I'd be a little more excited yeah, if Kalmaroff you put up was one. Yeah, I, I was just saying I think it, I'd be a little more excited if you put up a point per game in the AHL last year as opposed to a point per game in uh, SM Liga the Finnish. Agreed. Uh, I don't think it's the Finnish elite league, but the top league. It's, league. The, yeah, it's Finnish elite. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, like it's not like yeah. okay. well, I, it's, I know because the Swedish elite league is called that. I didn't want to just default. I didn't know for sure. But anyway, any either way, huge talent. He's coming back to Edmonton. Seems to at least got his head sorted. Um, and yeah, I think there's sounds like there's a really good chance that if not at least rooted in the top six, that he's going to start the year alongside McDavid. So I had Ryan Nugent Hopkins in my top 10 on Friday because he's been playing next to McDavid. So Pooley Harvey's got to be drafted. Yeah, I would think so. And I'll, like you said, I just think he's a really tough one to project, but someone that you'd absolutely love to have on the bottom I of the roster. I remember that starts. year like <laughs> wanting the Red Wings to get Pooley Harvey so bad, just hoping he would drop because he looked like one of these can't miss prospects yeah, and then he, he had such a good had, world junior yeah he's just so good he's so big he's just so talented and yeah. i think that he just no, always looked a step too slow in the nhl yeah so we'll see how that translates. connor's three steps too fast and that's what you would think right play him with a guy like mcdavid and he can just play off the puck and hopefully pick up 25 to 30 goals i mean but, if yeah. cassian could do it then sure. well that's the thing like that's he's true. a huge step up from J- josh archibald and uh zach cassian wins alert archibald's good on the puck bro penalty killer <laughs> i remember people were really mad not people but the one issue i saw with people with your edmonton lines this year they was like where's josh archibald <laughs> i was like man he's just not cracking the top no i tell you when you watch games josh archibald stands out i don't know what it's no, he, he, like every single I don't know what it is, every single he opportunity out. he Passes had the to eye play test. with Contest David last year it was like no question DraftKings lineup. Like yeah. Josh Archibald scored every time he was on it. <laughs> yeah. love that and, uh, like, and he's a good penalty killer he's not a bad hockey player it's just like when you add in Cahoon and you add in Puyarvi, like you know, yeah, Josh just Archibald. seems to be something missing. Not not really that end product yeah. there. You got a breakout, Beavs? Uh, I do. Um, and since we're just choosing dudes from other leagues, sure. um, I might as well do something that's close. But uh, Nikita Gusev came from the KHL, not last year, but the year before. Played his first season in New Jersey last year. He had 44 points in 66 total games. Um, this breakout at 28, uh, maybe maybe a little last bit. Last year was his first year. Yeah, it was his first year in the NHL. Yeah, absolutely. Because because uh, I was super high on him last year. 82 and, uh, points in the KHL the year before. Well, because exactly. we were thinking he, had, he was going to be playing with Heischer and Hall. Yeah, and which realistically he still is going to be playing with either one of two, Heischer and Hughes. And earlier I got incredibly excited about um, New York's prospects of moving forward, only getting better. There's really no questions that they're just getting older, better. Um, you know, those guys are going to improve. Well, if we're going to mm-hmm. talk like that, there's another team in the New York area who's doing the exact same shit, and that's New Jersey with two first overall picks in Heischer and Hughes. Gusev is realistically the only right winger on that roster who even deserves to be rostered. Paul um, Mary's pretty decent. Yeah, actually, that's a total trip to Paul Mary. But, he, but even if you take it with him and Paul Mary, there's no one even coming close to that who's going to crack that top six. So I don't see well, They Gusev. used to have Joey Anderson, but he's going yeah. And he's gone to the Leafs to crack their top six. Um for me, this guy's done it before in the KHL. Um, he had four straight seasons of more than a point per game in the K. Um, granted, you know, it's KHL, take what you will, but there are a lot of guys who have had less than a point per game in the KHL, went over the NHL and had moderate success. 
So for me to have a guy on the first line, he's going to be playing top power play. And he really started to turn it on last year in the second half. Not turn it on, but he at least turned something on that wasn't there in the first half. He averaged like, what, over half an assist per game? Yeah, in the second half. He was actually very rosterable for the last bit as a a bottom of your roster guy and a guy who's touching top power play. So for me this year, I really see him taking that step forward. We've talked about the KHL jump to the NHL. It's... it takes guys time sometimes, and it looked like for a younger some, or a smaller guy like Nikita Gusev, yeah, some people some just guys never do no time at all. Yeah, and some guys just never adjust either. So, or some guys, that, yeah, like look at Panner, and it takes no time. But Gusev, you look at him; he's a smaller body, big assist guy. Um, so took him a little talented. bit when he did get used to it. He's another guy who passes the eye test. Stands right out for me. Mm-hmm. This is his breakout season with a couple guys around him who also have high breakout potential in Nico Heischer, Jack Hughes. I think the one thing that's really interesting about Gusev is like he didn't get uh, like the full trust of the coaching staff early in the season. No, like, not he at wasn't. All. He was right around like 14 minutes a game, if I'm not mistaken. I, I don't have it in front of me, but I'm pretty sure in the start of the season he wasn't playing a whole lot of ice time, and then that that ice time just slowly and like, oh, yeah, increased. He's actually and then decent. he was like really, really good in the second half of the year. I, I like Gusev quite a bit. I mean, like his numbers in the in the KHL. Uh, they speak, speak for, for themselves. themselves. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they were just outstanding. Um, yeah, so yeah. I, I like Gusev. Well, like I'm not a huge, just I'm the huge. lack of stuff around him really just cements you, him. We in always that say spot. that people have to score, and, and I, we've all been big fans of Nico Heischer uh, for many years. Paul Mary's kind of just been a steady force. I think Jack Hughes has still got <laughs> a pretty bright future. I mean, he's 19. I, I, so. I don't hate him as much as Dylan does. He's but. 19. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan, who do you hate more? Nolan Patrick or Jack Hughes? As, like, a prospect? Yeah. <laughs> I hope not as a human being. As a human being? <laughs> yeah, give us both. Jesus. <laughs> um, I mean, there's obviously got to be some upside to Hughes still at this point, right? <laughs> He's 19, for sure. I just... <laughs> I say that because you can't watch anything that he's done in the NHL to this point and no. think that you know this guy deserved to go first overall. Again, it was I mean yeah. not holding. He it was smaller it. than I am. Yeah, and for You're those like of you who are 40. referencing, Brock is like I'm a buck five two. It's a problem. One twenty. I'm like five six one forty five. <laughs> I'm probably the same size as something you got to find a solution to. Um, so yeah, I don't five know. Five two one twenty. Nolan Patrick. <laughs> Definitely has had about what a year or two more under his belt to show how not good Jack he is. Jack is so much. Nolan Patrick also yeah. had concussions. So in that regard, Patrick's just a little bit further ahead. Missed the whole season. <laughs> concussions. Yeah, and he's had less opportunity bestowed <laughs> upon him as well too. Um, Hughes has had every opportunity to play with some pretty elite talent, like a Hart Trophy winner, um, and really failed to get off the ground again. What do we? I want to give him a chance still. <laughs> he's uh, nineteen. He's nineteen. <laughs> Going back to it, as you say, but. He's from Florida, though. Like, do they even play hockey there? Yeah. I'm his brother's like, terrible. <laughs> yeah, his brother's outstanding. So. A guy that, to me, does not pass the eye test in the NHL. 21 so. points in 61 games last year. He's actually much larger than I am. 5'11", 170. So I would be just steamrolled in the NHL. Yeah. <laughs> that's that was that's not, too that, generous that to Jack never up, That was never up for debate, though. Yeah, um, <laughs> Yeah, so true. Uh, all right, let's go to sleepers. Uh, I think... <laughs> I would be steamrolled. Yeah. Um... Sleeper for me, Timo Meyer of the San Jose Sharks. It's never good when a player goes from your breakout candidate to your sleeper candidate in one year's time, but here we are. Means they uh, really broke out. <laughs> didn't break out as much as I thought. But uh, Meyer did not take the expected step forward in 2020. Instead, he might have actually taken a step back. 
but there are still some positive signs. His shot volume remained outstanding. He would have topped 200 plus shots for the third straight season uh, had the year actually finished like it was supposed to. Uh, he was on pace for 30 plus assists for the second straight year. So um, a lot of good signs still entering 2021. The Sharks should be better offensively. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Uh, every, you know, D, you called it, I think, the season from hell in San Jose. It should be a little bit better, at least from an offensive standpoint, uh, in 2021 than they were a season ago. And Meyer should be a key factor in that. He's a guy that's going to play uh, 17 to 18 minutes a night uh, on their top line, as well as a staple on their uh, top power play unit. So uh, right now he's being taken behind Mike Hoffman, who isn't even <laughs> on an NHL team. So you could say that <laughs> Timo, my team, bro. Timo Meyer's draft stock is a little like, low right now. How are people uh, just projecting like, yeah, Hoffman's going to have a yeah, better Yeah, Hoffman's going to fucking sign and he's going to be not better than Timo where Meyer. He's at. I'm not going to go. I'm going to go with not likely. Yeah, give me uh, Timo. But yeah, so Meyer's draft stock obviously in the basement <laughs> right now. I like him to have a bounce back Chilling season. with the free agents. <laughs> and, uh, and where you get him, I think right now it's around 85 to 90 ADP or something, which is even crazier when you think about how high Hoffman's going on, <laughs> on the free agent market. It's definitely but, like Hoffman's family is the only family that's done a fantasy draft so far. Yeah. So him and Mike, Mark, Mike Martin Morenson was last year. That's why he was drafted. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I think we're all big fans of Timo Meyer. We liked him last year quite a bit. Definitely not small fans. Not another fan of the fan of the no. show. He had a really encouraging second half of the year, though. So for sure, yeah, I'd expect them to return. Right, to like his ADP was a lot lower than I would have expected. Like I wasn't even considering coming into this podcast and talking about Timo Meyer as a sleeper because like it didn't go well last year, and uh, his ADP is so low. It's like, well, fuck. It's yeah, a, you got It's a no brainer. So you got to mention. Uh, he said what he was like mid mid eighties. Yeah, I'll pull it up again while you guys talk just to, to verify the number. But it was it was quite low. Actually, yeah, it was a hundred and two. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know what? The even crazier thing, uh, and Beebs, we'll go to you because I know uh, I'm pretty sure this is your sleeper, Victor Olsen, if I'm not mistaken. Right? Uh, he, was was episode, right? he was my breakout. He was my breakout. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He was last he's a hun- episode. He's 109.9. Um, so those two guys, like right there below Mike Hoffman, yeah. uh, below Sam Reinhardt, who's probably not going to play on the top line like Olsen is, I, I like Meyer a lot. Would you rather have Meyer or your boy Phil Force? Um, Philip Forsberg, sorry, I should just say the whole name. I think I would still rather have Philip Forsberg um, than Timo Meyer, but they're very, yeah. they're very similar. So to take Forsberg thirty slots, thirty spots ahead of him, I think is just straight bonkers. Which is well, where no, Forsberg's I, at. I, I, I think that Myers, Myers in that spot is isn't brutal either. Like there are some guys up above Meyer here. Uh, no, I think Myers in a great spot. That. Uh, like yeah, but like if you can get him there, yeah. yeah, yeah. But if you took him, if you took him a, a round or two earlier, I don't think that I would have an issue with that at all. Like Meyer at 102 is, is really low. Um, a guy like we said, this is a lock for 200 plus shot pace. Uh, that gives you 30 goal, 30 assist upside, and that's the same thing you're getting kind of with Forsberg. Yeah, yeah. and that's what he did two years ago when he was 22. So I, yeah. like I said, I expect him to be at a 30 30 pace. Um, I got. I'll go. I got Cam Atkinson <laughs> as my sleeper. Um, ADP of 155 right now for Ew. Cam Atkinson, which is pretty crazy. You can get this guy at the bottom of your draft. Uh, he had 41 goals two years ago, if you guys remember. Uh, that's when he fired 295 shots on goal, uh, shot 13.9%, so nothing crazy and unsustainable. Uh, he was banged up a bit last year, and it, you know he had a hard time picking up the pace after that. He had just 12 goals, 14 assists, and 44 games. 
Uh, still shot the puck a ton, though. 148 shots uh, in just those 44 games. So the guy was over three and a half shots a game. Uh, like I said, I like him to return to around that 250 to 300 shot pace. Um, and he's always been a relatively sharp shooter in his career as well. So 8.1% last year is way too low for him. Yeah, and I, I'd bank on him returning to around a 30-goal pace this year. And I just think to get that kind of uh, goal-scoring upside at the bottom of your roster can't go wrong so definitely worth a mention here still gonna be playing a lot in that top six getting Uh, a guy like max domi is a humongous boost to him. yeah because it's not there's you know it's not dubois or bust yeah exactly right it's not alex weinberg it's max domi now and and yeah obviously it started (laughs) to look like a a problem last year with george strand hopping up and playing a lot of those minutes on the right wing where atkinson prefers to play Mm -hmm. uh so yeah now there's the option of dropping down to play with domi and and a guy like nyquist and still fire a ton of shots play on the top power play unit yeah but yeah but like still uh, a guy that's gonna be on the top power play unit as well a lot yeah. about similar to a guy that i mentioned on the left wings episode um anthony beauvillier like these are two guys that like are basically borderline going on drafted right now that you could get with your last two picks in the yeah. draft and both have 30 atkinson even more than beauvillier has 30 goal upside unquestioned i know and he's thir- he's 31 now but if you want to make it really simple the guy scored 41 goals two years ago without any red flags in his underlying numbers and he was banged up last year and now you can get him at the bottom of your draft yeah like we're that's simple i think that like 31 or 41 is a little high 295 was like considerably higher than his previous career high for sure i'm just saying less than two years removed from that right for sure and And even if he hovers around 240 shot pace like easily 30 to 35 I know goals. he was the guy we expected to fall back to earth a little bit last year but still in that 30 to we didn't expect him to just range, greater right? to 8.0.1 percent yeah percentage. exactly he was uh he was pretty solid in the playoffs two three goals five assists eight points in eight games in the playoffs yeah. so the injury uh, really he had a really that was a whole rough thing, right? spell as soon as he came back he was great yeah. so i absolutely like if you can get cam atkinson as what you said like literally undrafted almost yeah 155 80 fucking steal mm-hmm. like the biggest steal of of all the drafts Agreed. My sleeper, though, snoozing not as hard as people are on Atkinson, but uh, friend of the show, Kevin Fiala. Ooh. This is someone who, uh, I, I don't know if we could have pumped this guy's tires harder when he was on national saying, get this dude some ice. And what does he do when he gets to Minnesota? He closes out the year with 26 points in 19 games. Um, this should just be called the Shot Volume Podcast. Seriously. Tons of shots. Minnesota sucks this year. They are they're gonna be Buddy, him and Kaprasov, I'm telling bad. you guys right now, him and Kaprasov are gonna be in for Phenomenal, a year. Yeah. Honestly, twenty six points in nineteen games is absolutely crazy. That was the closeout last year. That's during many people's fantasy playoff season. So this he is a guy who scared. stole playoff series for people, did some things. Someone who people got off of waivers last year, guaranteed, or very late in their drafts. 23 goals, 31 assists in only 61 games. He started the year without a point in his first eight games. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed, but I think Fiala's a stud. Uh, Hold on, breaking news. Daily faceoff, breaking news. One times $1.7 million, Anthony Duclair to the Florida Panthers. Oh, I thought for a second yes. Fiala was just going down. Yeah. <laughs> it's like mid-call, Fiala's going down. That is big breaking news, though. Uh, won't be breaking by the time this, 1. this goes 7, up. 1.7, eh? Good for him. Yeah. Yeah, you know we are there, yeah. What, do you go from 800,000 or eight, 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 like 900,000? He did have a, uh, he had yeah. a pretty I good year. I wouldn't have expected him to command year. that much above the minimum. He had so. a great year. Good for him. Um, phenomenal year. But yeah, so back to Kevin Fiala. Um, this is a guy where if he can play anywhere close to that, 26 and 19 games you stole him in your draft no For matter sure. what um granted, center in that top line marcus like, johansson baby oh 
Yeah, not the greatest thing, but also last year he was rolling with Jack just, shit the whole year. So. I was just racing through my mind, like who is actually going to center that top line though? When yeah. you're talking Marcus about Johansson, Kevin, F- or not Kevin Fiala, Marcus Johansson, Yoel Eriksson, Eck, Nick Benino, Marcus Johansson or Vladislav Nemesnikov. Who would you rather have second in there, centering the second line? It'd be your first line, first of all. In I know, but I'm talking uh, about in Detroit. Nemesnikov. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's yeah. better than Marcus Johansson. So that's an issue, but I agree with the, the value. Bank. It's through the roof. The upside is there. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't think he's going to be that. a point-per-game guy, but even if he's a 70-point guy, I mean, it's no, still, you're still going to get 30, 40. The value's through the roof. Uh, yeah. the another guy in his brief showing in the, in the playoffs was just as good as he was on the end of the regular season. Didn't miss a beat. Disgusting. Fucking shoots the puck like as much as he can. Yeah. How about, uh, is Joel Erickson X still on that team? Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's it, it's Joel Erickson X, Marcus Johansson, uh, Nick Benino are the top Let's see Erickson X get some minutes on that top line. That's he, a solid two-way player. I agree. He could be okay. And he's still... Young. He, he could play that like Philip Deneau role, you know, yes, where could. you got Tatar and Gallagher on either side who are, you know, decent in their own end, but it you got a really strong two way center in there who's just going to get them the puck and they can both just fire the puck on net. And Kabrasov. And maybe hopefully rack up 30 goals each. Kabrasov and Fiala are the same. Like, yeah. they're. They're both just tremendous upside plays. And man. multiple coaches have trusted Erickson Eck with a lot of minutes. No one's moved him up the lineup to that extent. And obviously, Eric Stahl's he, been a big reason he saw for that. Some, he saw some still young, huge too. minutes last year yeah. at, towards the end that's of the year. That's to say, even if he was playing on the second with and Zach third Parise line, Zach Parise and stuff. Like that's, where, yeah. that's where we have him projected right now. Oh, yeah, they still have the second Parise. line with Zach Parise. Yeah. It would have been Matt Zuccarello on the other side, but yeah. he's out for five months. Again, I'm not touching Eric Sinek with a ten po- or ten foot pole in uh, in redraft leagues no. like himself. But I just think he's a really solid two way player. That when they have no other option, there's no obvious not a bad fallback. Yeah, play driving option. Put a guy like that up there and let these Once- two guys. Toss a ton of shots on goal. Once they realize that Marcus Johansson is not a first line center, why did they trade Eric Stahl for this guy? It'll take a period. I don't know. Stahl must have like demanded a trade or something that we didn't hear about. Speaking of dumb, want to get into some bus? Yeah, let's bust out of here. Okay, I got a dumb ADP for you right here. Stupid. What do you guys think, Toivo Teravainen? Where do you think he's getting drafted? I'm, I'm gonna say top (laughs) forty. You peaked. Uh, give me like top sixty. Dude, it's forty. Is he's literally going fortieth overall right now? I I like Teravainen. I can't imagine there's any way he lives up to that ADP. Currently going at the start of the fourth round on average. Could you imagine like looking at your team after you drafted and thinking Teravainen's my fourth best player and feeling good about your season? Like that's insane. We're going to the ship, boys. He's never scored more than twenty three goals in a year. Very good playmaker. Don't get me wrong. Four straight seasons of at least forty assists. Uh, but we do really expect Fetchnikov to step up and take on a larger role in Carolina. I think that's going to come at a cost to Teravainen's production, so I wouldn't even really trust him to do what he's done the last few years. And again, that production doesn't come anywhere close warranting a 40th overall pick. Uh, He needed to play over 19 minutes a game last year to notch 15 goals. The assists are always going to be there. The shot volume and goals simply aren't. He's way too one-dimensional to be going this early in drafts. Yeah, doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah, um... I could get behind that one. Honestly, I had Brian Rust originally. Like, that's shocking to me. I feel like he was going like 150. I don't, I, I think there's a giant, there's, last year, for some but. reason, there's a hot, heavy push in Carolina to, that, that they're just going to. Is it NHL.com, perhaps? It, it, it actually, that, I that think has it is. Them ranked way too high. They do have them both last, in their top last 10. last episode I had, Svechnikov. We love Svechnikov, but his ADP right now is 22. Now you've got Teravine and ADP 40. Both great. But those are both way too high. They're not. They're 
they're so solid. Terrifying in the last couple of years has been a guy that in standard twelve team leagues you almost have to like really find a spot on your roster for him because he just doesn't score enough. Yeah. Doesn't score enough goals. And like even when you're stacking that line in a one night DraftKings lineup, it's like mm, I could probably leave Terrifying off because yeah. he averages one shot a game. Right. Like you don't you you just can't like you can't. They're not building blocks for your yeah. fantasy so roster. So that's could be hundred percent. Yeah. But at 22, I still think that's too early. And Teravainen at 40, when he's gonna what? In a 56 game season, is he even gonna score double digit goals? I just I no. don't see like with Svechnikov, you know, it's easy to maybe sell someone on a reach at 22 because there's this there's kind of like huge what upside. if yeah. like he's 19. Teravainen, like what's this next level he's going to? No, he's there. We've he's seen, gonna fire two shots a game. We've seen his peak. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. I, I again I like the guy, so I feel bad for dumping on him. But that that's crazy. And again, we're not we even know really it's early. dumping on him. It's we're basically saying yeah. take him back a bit from forty, which yeah. isn't a dump. It's really early. A lot of leagues have not drafted yet, but this happens every year. We always say it's early and these early ADPs really set the pace. There's a lot of people that will just cave and cater to it. Like if his average draft position is forty, someone is gonna take him before sixty in your league, and that's still way too early. Yep. Couldn't agree more. Brock, do you want to hit us with your uh, second bust there? Yeah, I, I think I talked a little about it a little bit on last week's episode. Sam Reinhart, uh, he's not actually really, like going crazy early like uh, Tara Vinen, but um, I think what's going to happen is a lot of people are going to draft him in the hopes that he's going to play with Hall and Eichel, and I, and I 100% he still think is that going relatively early to Olofsson. Uh, he's going ahead of Olofsson right now, and if I'm going to bank on who's going to play in that spot, it's Olsen. So right now, that's that's bust potential for me. If he's getting drafted ahead of Olsen, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, yeah, he talked about he's it still on in the top week's... 100, which is pretty high. Like that, Oh, it's very, very high. high for him. Um, I think like we've seen even his ceiling while playing with Eichel. It's solid. He's a, he's a great player. Yeah, but just he's... another pass-first player. Yeah, too, and though, he's right? just not going to score a lot of goals. And we talked about it a little bit last week. Like He could be on the second line with Eric Stahl. It's a fine spot for him. Or he is another player that could be potentially bumped down to the third line and they can try to create three really good lines. And at that point, he's you know borderline you know free agent territory. So... Um, you know, I could be dead wrong. We could be coming around to January 14th, and Sam Reinhardt's the guy that's playing on the top line with Taylor Hall and Jack Eichel, and shame on me at that point. But right now, I fully expect it to be Victor Olsson, and uh, I don't really have any interest in, in Sam Reinhardt if he's not on that top line. So uh, I think his ADP, like you said, is right around 70 or something like that. Uh, let's just look really quick here. Um it is 96 uh, ahead of just ahead of Mike Hoffman, who's not on a team, ahead of Timo Meyer, and ahead of Victor Olsson. And I would take both of those guys well ahead of Sam Reinhardt. So for me, um, he is my right wing bust. Biebs, how about you? For me, I originally started here with Brian Rust, strictly just because I expect him to go incredibly high. But then I looked, and his ADP is actually 160. So I would say now that. he's a sleeper. Now he's an actual sleeper. But uh, while while readjusting, I feel um, bad for Brian Rust. Like nobody believes that. Well, I wonder why. And I had a ton of points here. This guy, okay, real quick, never put up more than a point per game in any league he's played in. He's <laughs> plays with Malkin though. They're best buds. Yeah, he played in the AHL, and he literally had 31 points in 63 games. I don't, I don't got to say it, but that's not superstar. Anyways, my boss. Brandon Gallagher out in Montreal. This is someone who actually had a phenomenal year last year before getting hit, or before getting hurt and hit, I guess. But he's currently going 88th overall. And for a guy who's never put up more than 54 points in a year, I don't want anyone 88th overall 
He was never... 54 is bottom of my roster, if that. Granted, he does have the goals going for him. He's had two 30-goal seasons in his career. Shoots a ton. Had a 300-shot season the year before. Was on pace for... Yeah, was on pace for 300 last year. Um, but for me, it's just where... It's the guys he's being taken around at this slot. If I'm going to talk about Fiala, he's right there with Fiala. Um, I'd much rather have Fiala than Brandon Gallagher. Travis Konechny's being taken after Gallagher. I absolutely love Travis Konechny. Um, Braden Shen, your boy Timu Meyer. I would have all these guys over Gallagher. Not to piss on Gallagher. Great player. Gets the shots. We love shots. Gets the goals. Doesn't get the assists. And just Montreal just really no assists at all. You're me. right. I think it's very yeah. interesting because um, just where he's at. It's just it's, it's where he's at. I love him, but that top line I think the hits is so under. It up yeah, too. for that, sure. That that whole top line is so underappreciated. They're so good compared to what people think they are. And then, like, Deneau obviously doesn't really deserve a spot on your team. But if you look at Thomas Tatar's ADP... And he's being, like, slept His on. ADP is, like, almost undrafted. And yeah. he was, like, close to a point per game yeah, player. Like, he was outstanding season. last year. And yeah. it's so not it's, the first it's time. it's bizarre to me to see, like, Thomas Tatar... If you're looking at that top line, Probably they're underappreciated. Tatar Thomas too, right? Tatar being yeah, almost right. undrafted and Brandon Gallagher being this high, it's like... I don't. It doesn't make any sense. To no, me. you'd expect pretty similar output between the two of them. One name you mentioned there that I kind of wanted to talk about, but I thought his ADP is pretty spot on. Was Travis Connect? Yeah, that's. A, um, I, I had him as my sleeper. Kind of danced off. Yeah, him. I think it's a little like I'd probably take him a it's little right bit around earlier, where mid nineties. Yeah, I'd probably be maybe around earlier. I'd be going after him um, just because I kind of I'd expect that sixty point pace that he had last year, and I think he was closer to point per game. Yeah, he, he was. A lot of but yeah, I you know I think sixty point pace probably the floor with him. Um, so again, maybe that's not as quite as high as you'd want for someone that you're taking with your seventh or eighth pick, but I do think there's still a lot of upside there. And, like and give said, me that over Gallagher all day long. Yeah, I like. I think there's a chance that that guy really breaks out this year. But we've yeah. been calling it the last few years, so yeah. I no, didn't, I didn't want to peg him as my breakout again this year, but Konechny did kind of finally break out yeah. a little bit last year. 61, 61 points yeah. in 66 games. He shot a little bit high at 17, percent so the goal production can probably come back a little bit. On a shooting percentage is yeah. right. The ADP right still seems a little bit low to me, though. Because I yeah. agree, I think he should be getting. Taken I mean, he only had 141 more. shots last year, so if he shoots a little bit more, like yeah. he's, he's a guy. That and he's still young, so you. I mean, it's still pretty under common. 17 minutes. Yeah, it's pretty common to see too. someone improve their shot volume as they come through their first four or five years in the league. Yeah, one noticeable thing about Konechny when I was looking at him that made him kind of, which I wanted to go for him on the sleeper, and Brock kind of just said it there. Is time on ice. Everyone in that area of points um, on the right wing position had two, three minutes more per game time on ice. That goes so far as we talk about. And for Konechny, if he can just get, you know, a minute more, minute and a half, he could be right up there with over a point. Per, I mean, could be. But but what we saw last year was him doing it on very limited time. Very yeah. impressive. Um, as far as rookies go, Owen Tippett's probably the only right winger yeah. that's really worth Love talking about. One. He's a guy that could play on the top line uh, with Barkov and Huberto. But given our breaking news a few minutes ago with Anthony Duclair signing there, Anthony Duclair looks like a guy that could absolutely play on that top line. With or at Barkov. the very least, play a similar role to Owen Tippett this year where yeah. they kind of bounce in and out of the top six, top mm-hmm. nine. Hurting each other's value for sure. Yep. Uh, Owen Tippett is a guy that could absolutely be taken in keeper leagues. Um, he has, I think, tremendous upside You know, moving forward outside of this year. Um, this year could still... You know he's basically scored at every single stop. Went to the AHL and, and and performed extremely well. So if he if he does land on that top line with Barkov and Huberto, obviously his upside is tremendous. Uh, but if he's kind of like a middle six player in Florida, he really carries no fantasy value in redraft leagues. Uh, there isn't a whole lot of other uh, 
rookie right wingers to talk about. So um, I think as long as you guys don't have anything else to add, that wraps up season six, episode five of the Daily Faceoff podcast. Anything else, boys? Nope. No, right. not from the right wings. <laughs> Done with these guys. I'm Brock Segan. We got Dylan D. Berth, you Michael Beavs, Bondi. Thank you guys so much uh, for stopping by with us. Our next episode will be centers, I believe, yep. followed by defense and goalies. Again, we're going to try to churn these out as fast as possible because it might not feel like it, but we're one week away from Christmas and only a few weeks away from the start of fantasy hockey. So uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this. Enjoy the Blue Stones on the way out. Just remember the yeah. Daily Faceout podcast is to present is presented to you by our friends at Odd Shark. So we got um, some news coming your way in the upcoming weeks too. Nothing yet, but we'll uh, we will say we do have a, a little bit of news in that regard. There is news coming down. The Stay friggin' tuned. Stay friggin' tuned. See yeah. you guys back here in a couple days. Friday's episode for the Senators. Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. 